Bragging rights and huge cash prizes are up for grabs this weekend and all season long at DraftKings, the leader in one-week fantasy sports. And this week, you can enter a contest for free with your first deposit. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass, catch means more with DraftKings. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now. New users enter code BMF during sign-up. Play in a contest for free this weekend with your first deposit to compete for your share of cash prizes. That's code BMF only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Jim Cramer dominates Wall Street. And now he's teaming up with Bill Enright to help you dominate fantasy football. This is Bull Market Fantasy presented by DraftKings. Yo, what's up? Welcome inside the Bull Market Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Got the big three together again today. Bull Market, Bill, Fantasy Frankie, and Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. Week 16 is in the books. Hope all of you won your fantasy championship and hope we were able to help you out along the way. If not, there's always next year. Bill, my man, what's going on with you? Yeah, it was an exciting week 16. I, I think, you know, starting off the week with, with Alvin Kamara and those six touchdowns, and then finishing it off with Stefan Diggs with a big game, three touchdowns for him, Josh Allen. I think it was like a roller coaster this weekend for a lot of people that were in their matchups. I mean, you're going against Alvin Kamara, you think you have no shot. And then maybe you had Devontae Adams on, on Sunday night or Aaron Rodgers or Stefan Diggs and, and Josh Allen. So definitely a roller coaster of emotions. And there was a lot of scorings for, from a lot of big studs this weekend. And that's what you like to see championship weekend. You know, as Frankie, it's interesting that Bill mentions that because I would always, you know, just going back and being and working and broadcasting in this industry for years. Shout out to my boy, the King Scott Angle, who's been doing it for years more than all of us probably put together. He would always say Thursday night if somebody goes off in the first game of the week on a Thursday night game or a Friday night game, which would be the case, it's going to be other people that go off too. So even though it looked like Kamara put up unsurm- you know, insurmountable odds against a lot of fantasy owners, or managers, whatever the thing is in 2020. <laughs> um, Cancel that, man. <laughs> you know, people were still able to, it still was enough points out there for people to get back into it and maybe even knock off a Kamara team. No, it definitely was. And, you know, 100%. But what a wild swing. And, and it's amazing because that those kind of performances, guys, the way that that swung, I mean, we have an avid listener to the Bull Market Fantasy Show, to the SI Gambling Pod, all of our thing. A shout out to Andy Wheel. He won a twenty five. He won a twenty five thousand dollar league last night, and you want to know why? Because in his lineup, he not only had Alvin Kamara, but he came from behind because he also had Stefan Diggs. So imagine those two players combined right there for almost what was it? Literally, I think guys over a hundred points fantasy points combined in high stakes leagues, bringing him his first title to win something like that. But it's amazing. There was huge swings everywhere in high stakes contests seeing these kind of performances and having those two guys alone were just absolutely like astronomical to be able to come from behind. Our own guy, Michael Fabiano, even came from behind in one of his leagues because he had so many of those Bills players last night. And it was just an amazing swing. Guys, to be 60, 70, 80 points out 
to win your championship or to win a high stakes overall championship, to be that many points behind and have only one game to go and come from behind and pass everyone on the leaderboard, that's what dreams are made of right there on the fantasy landscape, guys. We've all been there. We've all won some high stakes leagues. We've all been around those things. And to see that, but wow, what a what a shout out, what a congratulations to all those guys out there that had the foresight to believe in Stefan Diggs going to a new team, a new role, and being able to flourish with a quarterback that, let's be honest, guys, a lot of people were down on. And I have to give my props to Josh Allen because he helped me win only one league this year, but he did help me take down my one league because I had a lot, you know, I had a lot of injuries as well, but it happened. COVID-19 also hurt a lot of people. But, you know, Josh Allen, guys, what a fantastic year from him. And Stefan Diggs, what a great playmaker he wound up being on that offense. But congrats to all the fantasy owners out there that had Stefan Diggs, that had Alvin Kamara. Because right now, guys, you're shining up and you're, you're looking forward to that new championship hardware and you're looking forward to that money that's going to be going into your pocket, you know, come January 1st. Nah, no doubt about it. And you hit some interesting topics on the nail all right there, Frankie. And I want to circle back, Bill, because he mentioned Stephon Diggs. And I'll be honest with you, I, I want to talk some wide receivers right now. I faded Diggs coming into the season because I didn't think it was going to work with Allen. Like, I knew Allen was good, but I thought his legs were the best part of his game. We still see some inaccuracies as a passer, but he really took a next step this year. He's got the Buffalo Bills hot. Stephon Diggs is once again a top fantasy receiver, and he's firmly entrenched in the MVP conversation. You know, I think what the Buffalo Bills have done this year, and Brandon Bean and their general manager and, and Sean McDermott, their head coach, they, they get a lot of credit because not, not only did they draft Josh Allen and, and really make him their guy from kind of day one, um, but then they went out and, and found him a supporting cast, right? They, they bring in John Brown. They bring in Cole Beasley. And those guys are, are fine role players, but then they do out, then they go out and and make a big move for Stefan Diggs, and I think that's really what put Josh Allen over the edge. I mean, when you had a playmaker like Diggs, there were a couple times last night or the the, the Monday night game uh, when Diggs, you know, caught a short pass and, and he and he took it to the house or he he got a big gain, and and that's some of the things that yeah, okay, the quarterback will get those passing yards but a lot of that was because of the receiver and their after the catchability and I think having that for Josh Allen is really what helped his maturation process um leap, grow leaps and bounds this year kind of kind of like what I expected more of from Kyler Murray with DeAndre Hopkins um we saw Murray really have a strong start to the to the season even the first half of the year and then and then he's dealt with some injuries but that's another example of a young quarterback getting a legitimate number one wide receiver and, and it just helps them grow, you know, tremendously. Now, Frankie, the past two shows that I've done without you, one with Bill and we're one heaven. with all, we're heaven. And, and one and, with, <laughs> <laughs> and one with Fabiano, right? Both your name came up in both shows. And you got props in both times for your call coming into the season on Calvin Ridley. And I remember the night when me and you were on um, Red versus Blue with our boy Scott Atkins, and you were talking about Ridley being better than Julio this year. I remember saying to myself that night, I got to make sure I get some Ridley going into the season because I was agreeing with you, but you were very adamant on it, and Ridley did end up having that big year. And I think next year we see Calvin Ridley firmly entrenched into the second round of fantasy drafts going ahead of Julio Jones. 
Yeah, I said it was ready to, and it was time to pass the torch. And it, it really, it, it's good when you can make those kind of calls and they come to fruition because he was also on one on the one team that I was actually able to come out victorious on this year. It was a, a down year for me overall. I also, you know, scaled it back some due to COVID. So it wasn't my normal fantasy year. But, you know, overall, those two players, Josh Allen and, uh, you know, Calvin Ridley were both big time parts of my success and my team winning it all. But Calvin Ridley, guys, I mean, it, it, I, you could just see it coming the kid has absolute talent there I wonder what kind of numbers he would actually be able to put up if there really wasn't a Julio Jones to steal a lot of those uh you know targets away from from him at those you know times I wonder what it would be like if he got the same amount of focus that a guy like Stefan Diggs is getting you know, imagine that, you know, I know that, you know, Julio, there's a, you know, you can look at it you know, on the flip side that Julio draws maybe, you know, a, a better, you know, cover corner uh, when he's out on the field. But he showed that he's even when Julio is not there and I was worried about it and it reared its ugly head again. You know, Julio missed important games and crunch time. He's injured once again. And I just felt that it was time. He's aging. But boy, guys, you know, his talent is just you know, it's, it's unremarkable right now. And I, it, I, you know, for, for me overall, I expected even better numbers overall from, from Matt Ryan, but he really wasn't able to do that because they didn't have that balanced running attack. Because as we saw Todd Gurley guys, once again, he's a disappointment for the fantasy world because he started off well, he looked like he was going to be a guy that could contribute. And then boy, he just became a liability. He became a guy that maybe was waiver wire material that you didn't even want to trust anymore. And you couldn't even trust at a flex position or even a double flex over at the fantasy football world championships. You couldn't be losing him, you know, in your lineups as well. So it's, it, you know, hats off to the year to Calvin Ridley and guys, sometimes we do get it right. And, you know, that was one of my favorite things. And, it, 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 it came to fruition and I'm happy because you know want to know something I hit all my season preseason props as well on Calvin Ridley over his receptions over his receiving yards so I'm happy that that was able to come to fruition as well and Josh Allen guys you know I can't take all the credit for it over at SI gambling we talked about it you know during COVID-19 when we were shut down and the sports world wasn't there that the shops out here in Vegas were all over the Buffalo Bills to win the AFC East and finally cement themselves and take that crown away from the New England Patriots. And I backed that. And once I saw how heavily they were backing that, it made me look more towards Josh Allen because I realized that Josh Allen, you know, he can't, the, the Bills can't win the AFC East if Josh Allen's not going to have a good year. And that's why I waited and I waited in a lot of leagues and I was able to get Josh Allen real late because obviously he wasn't a top five quarterback off the board in a lot of spots. So it was, you know, somebody that you could get in rounds 10 or later because as we know, a lot of people wait on quarterbacks. But boy, what a year for both of those players and both of those teams. And hats off to a lot of the calls we made over at SI Fantasy and SI Gambling. No doubt. And here's the thing, Bill, you know, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody. I don't know where everybody was at because you got to call out the uh, the bad along with the good. But I know for me, I don't want to say I was too heavily invested, but I was very upset at how quick I had to move Hollywood Brown to the bench and how quick I had to cut Hollywood Brown in some spots because it actually got that bad at at course of the at through course of the season. So on you know in baseball and fantasy baseball terminology, they have this thing called a post hype sleeper. So more or less is when a player explodes after the year that he hypes. He normally slips down draft boards because people are, you know, fantasy owners are romantic. So if you burn them once, they don't they, they, they get their feelings hurt. They don't go back to you. 
Where are you standing at with Hollywood Brown in 2021, considering he did finish 2020 strong, but he did not live up to those expectations? Because we were talking about him like a breakout, like we were with Ridley. Yeah, we, we were certainly because we knew that he was only at, you know, I think the story was, oh, I was only playing at 80% of of my speed. And, and we were like, wow, okay, well, if he did that as a, as a, as a rookie, then imagine what he can do at 100% speed and how fast he'll be. And Lamar Jackson is coming off an MVP season, one of the best deep balls in the game. You know, uh, they're going to have to pass a little bit more. No way are they going to run as much. Uh, they don't have any wide receivers. Mark Andrews is really the top uh, passing game playmaker. So, yeah, Marquise Brown, he's going to ha- have a monster season in 2020. Unfortunately, just never got there. Um, I think a, a lot of that has to do – with both the type of receiver he is, is he going to be a Deshaun Jackson kind of guy uh, where he really is more of more or less just a one-trick pony? Um, that's kind of what we've seen, right? Yeah, uh, did we mistake him for a Stephon Diggs type of guy? What's that? Did we mistake him for a Stephon Diggs type of guy, or that's yet to be determined? You know, I, I was kind of thinking he was going to be more like a Tyreek Hill kind of guy. Someone oh, wow, that's so, real good. <laughs> someone, no, 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 not, not, not those stats, but yeah. someone that has the ability to burn everyone deep, but also yeah. make plays uh, 10 or 15 yards beyond the line of scrimmage, even five yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Um, we did not see that at all with Hollywood Brown. And I, I think that just shows how special a guy like Tyree Kill really is. His skill set to take a screen pass or to catch a slant route uh, that, that only goes for eight yards, but it moves the chains. Marquise Brown's not that guy. Um, so it was a little bit of both a a skill set learning moment for, the, I think, those of us that thought Marquise Brown would have big seasons. But now, now we I kind of know, we, we kind of know what he is, right? We know that going into next year, we shouldn't have those big high expectations for him, given that, okay, well, this is his role. This is his skill set. This is what he can do in this offense. Let's grade him as such. Potential post-hype sleeper for one Mr. Marquise Brown, Frankie, or is it just like, you know what, if he gets to me in the draft, I'll take a shot, but I'm not really going to go all in. I don't even know if you went all in this year. You know, what, what was your thought process and what do you think about next year? I actually still, you know, after what I saw, it's it's tough for me to have him ranked even higher. I had him lower than a lot of other people did. Um, so for me, it's it's going to be difficult for me to raise him. If anything, I actually lower him. If he falls in the draft and I can find value, he's a player that maybe you look at for me in the middle rounds, like round seven through 12, depending on what kind of league that you're in and whether and how the board is shaping out. But right now, he's definitely not a guy that I'm going to be saying, wow, he had a down year. I think he's going to rebound next year because I'm just not so sure that any offensive skill position players outside of Mark Andrews is a player that I really want to target from that Ravens team. Even if you know, obviously COVID-19 held back some of the performance as well from that Ravens team. The running backs were hit with the virus, unfortunately, as well as Lamar Jackson. So that did hurt their overall production from a fantasy standpoint. But even without that, and hopefully we're beyond COVID-19 by the time 2021 and the NFL season kicks off next season, and hopefully the entire world is. But to be honest, guys, 
I don't think that I'm going to be moving him up. He's a guy that for me is 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 currently coming in. He was a borderline. I know you, some people didn't have it, but I did because I just that's the way I my numbers and were shaping out. He was a wide receiver two slash wide receiver three for me. He now becomes a wide receiver three, wide receiver four, maybe even flex option. So he's a guy that I would be looking at. Maybe around the time that, you know, right after that point, depending on what quarterback I take and things like that, that I would be looking at. If he's still there and maybe he falls, I think he offers values in, in the later rounds, like 11, 12, 13. But he's certainly not a guy that I'm going to say, oh, wow, he's still on the board in round six. He's got to come back because you want to know something, guys? I feel that that's a lot. That's the position that a lot of people took on one A.J. Green. And they people Ooh. drafted AJ Green this year in rounds five and six and said, Oh, he's got to come back. It's a bounce back year. He's still there in rounds five and six. He's got to be able to perform. He ended up on waiver wires a lot sooner than people thought he would. Exactly. And I feel like that could be the same situation we're looking at in 2021 with, you know, Hollywood. Um, so let's build, let's hop in here and let's talk about some rookies. Because obviously, you know, in fantasy football, we love our rookie running backs. And our rookie running backs were, it was like a tale of two seasons with rookie running backs. James Robinson came out the gate out of nowhere and kind of stole the show. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had that big start to the season, but then he fizzled out. And then we saw guys like DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, almost win people championships uh, coming down the stretch, along with somebody else, uh, Cam Akers and, you know, J.K. Dobbins as well, um, you know, picked it up down the stretch of the season. But the rookie wide receivers, T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson, you know, just to name a couple, those guys, C.D. Lamb, those guys hit right from the jump. Yeah, I mean, Justin Jefferson, what he did this season was just absolutely incredible for for a rookie wide receiver coming into a new offense or coming into the league for the first time, obviously. Um, You you think about Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy and Jalen Rager. Those were, uh, I guess, three of the five wide receivers that that got picked in the first round this year. And then C.D. Lamb and Justin Jefferson were the other – two and and you know th- <laughs> sorry if you took those three if you took judy well, if you took- and judy with a letdowns right that's what i'm that's what i'm and rager too so, yeah, that's true. Rager so, too, yeah. so three of those five wide receivers were, were ended up being bust this year and and if you had drafted jefferson um who was actually the, the last receiver taken in, in in round one he ended up being the best for fantasy so you can't always just go by what happens in the NFL draft and, and how that dictates your um, how, to, how, to, how to value these fantasy prospects. Same thing with the rookie running backs, right? So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the first one taken, and then I think it was DeAndre Swift um, taken either the first or second pick in, the, in round two. Um, J.K. Dobbins. Cam Makers and J.K. Dobbins were the next two to go off the board, if I'm not mistaken. So it was Edward Solaire, J.K. Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, and then Swift. So I believe it was it was Edward Solaire. Then yeah. I believe it was Taylor, right? I, I, yep, I don't yep, yep. No, it was, it was, it was, it was Edward Solaire, Taylor, 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 Swift. Swift. No, no, no. Acres went okay. before Swift. Okay, yeah, that's Every, right everybody was all over Acres because of that Rams offense with uh, you know, figuring that, you know, Acres with his ability would be able to step right in and and really take that fold, but then as we got closer towards, you know, the season, over the summer, the early drafts, mid-drafts, mid-August, everybody was all over Acres. Acres started to drop a little bit once everyone was starting to hear about the fact that he wasn't picking up blitz assignments well and he wasn't doing the things that were necessary um and you know, and then obviously, you know, it, 
people saw what Henderson, the start that he got off to, and Malcolm Brown, and, and it just become a cloudy situation. But as the season has unfolded and we're coming down to the close of the season, we see that Akers is becoming that man that a lot of people, you know, in the fantasy world was, were expecting. They were expecting him to be the lead back, and now he's going to be there. But unfortunately, he'll probably be going into the playoffs maybe without Jared Goff. Who knows if he's able to get his, his thumb uh, issue rectified. As we know, his thumb he is getting a surgery on his thumb after an injury last week. So it, it's going to be an interesting situation but you know and it also reared its ugly head with too with uh you know a lot of people were all over swift and they loved swift so, so here's then, the thing and then all of a sudden adrian peterson gets signed edward Solaire was was the first back taken then it was deandre swift like i said now you it guys should, you guys should never ever doubt me uh, <laughs> my, 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 my point my, my point is my point is that there were uh five or six other running backs taken before antonio gibson and Antonio Gibson ended up probably being him and Jonathan Taylor, probably being the best rookie running back from a fantasy perspective. That's the same thing with Justin Jefferson, right? He was the fifth wide receiver, or the, or the uh, uh, yeah, the fifth wide receiver taken in round one. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was the sixth, by the way. Uh, he was the fifth wide receiver taken in round one, and he ended up being the best fantasy football wide receiver. So you know, when, when you're evaluating rookies for your fantasy team, so much of it has to do with their landing spot, their opportunity, and and, and their skill set within that offense, not just, oh, well, Henry Ruggs was the first wide receiver taken, so I'm going to make him the first wide, rookie wide receiver I, I draft in, in, in my fantasy league. So, Frankie, what I ask you, moving forward into drafts next year, C.D. Lamb or Justin Jefferson – and then on on the same token, uh, is it do you go back to Edward Talier, or maybe do you go with a guy like a J.K. Dobbins with Mark Ingram possibly out of Baltimore? For me, I would be leaning towards J.K. Dobbins if I know that Le'Veon Bell is not going to be back because I just I just don't really trust right now. I feel like that kid's confidence. You know, and his overall running ability and his style, the way that he was hitting it, even his overall emotions, even, you know, during the course of the game on the sidelines at certain times when Le'Veon Bell has been trying to be assimilated into the offense by Andy Reid. You know, I I feel like his production really fell off a cliff once Le'Veon Bell was signed. So I'm a little bit skeptical on how I would view him going into next season. I want to see how the Chiefs, you know, finish this year. Uh, I want to see if they cap off another championship uh, run with another Super Bowl title, a second straight for Patrick Mahomes, and how the running game really looks. Because as we know, guys, last year in their run to the championship and in the Super Bowl itself, Damian Williams was a big part. But you got to also remember, Damian Williams could also be coming back into the fold. He opted out of this season due to COVID-19 reasons. So now we might have to add that into it as well. So imagine Damian Williams, Le'Veon Bell, and and Edward Tillaire in the same backfield. That's an awfully crowded backfield. So that I would not be uh, expecting Clyde Edward Tillaire if that's the case going into 2021. If they're all three of those backs are in the you know on the roster and going in expected to be there, I don't believe that Clyde Edward Tillaire will any longer be a first round draft pick like he was this year, where he just climbed up draft boards and you know was able to go there. But Bill, I'd be honest, I'm looking at three different um, high stakes. Uh, world championship drafts and Jonathan Taylor was the second player off the board in each of those drafts. So it's interesting that you are on your end, you have that, uh, that Swift was the second. Oh, he was about the NFL NFL draft. draft. Oh, I think you knucklehead. Oh, I'm sorry. I, th- I, thought, I thought we were talking. Listen, I don't care about NFL drafts. I only well, care about, I care I'm, about fantasy drafts. That's Where? my whole, that's my whole point. You Dimwit. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, guys, you, you would say that whatever. I was going only by what who was drafted off the board. 
I'm, I I'm not, my point is that you can't go by the NFL draft for how gotcha. you evaluate your rookies. Cause Deandre Swift was the second running back taken, but a guy like Antonio Gibson had a much better season. Henry oh, Ruggs yeah. was the first wide receiver taken in the NFL draft, but Justin Jefferson was the one that had the breakout year. I'll tell you right now, you want to talk about yeah, a rookie? Listen, I'm going to give you some advice. I'm going to give you one guy. I'm going to give you some advice. It helps if you listen. Jeez, <laughs> uh, it's hard though. You talk so much, it's hard for me to pay attention. I talk so much. I fall asleep over here, guys. Oh my <laughs> I, I'll give I'll give you another guy that my that, that my numbers are high on next year. You want a rookie running back? You want to throw a dart at? I'm not looking at Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I'm not looking at Dobbins. Give me Zach Moss. All right, the Buffalo Bills running back Zach Moss taking over that job from Singletary. Why is that? I just honestly believe that the Bills offense is ready to hand it over to him. I don't think that Singletary is a guy that they've they envisioned going forward. And I think that that Buffalo Bills team, not only this year, because I think they're going to be the biggest obstacle to Patrick Mahomes going back to a second straight Super Bowl. I think it's going to the AFC Championship road is going to lead through, obviously, Mahomes or Buffalo, because I think they're the two strongest teams. I know there's a lot of love. I know you have a lot of love out there for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I'm just not buying into the Ravens this year. I also don't buy that you'll see that kind of run once again from the Tennessee Titans. I think you saw that against, you know, uh, the Green Bay Packers on, on Sunday Night Football. I think you saw where that team may stand going in. I don't think they're going to have the same kind of momentum. They don't have everything that's happening with Ryan Tannehill. So I think that that team will be going down. But I think the Buffalo Bills are a team on the rise, and I think they are the strongest team in the AFC, and they will be that way once again next year. I expect them to only improve with draft picks, maybe free agency. But Zach Moss, I think running with that offense, is ready and primed to be the player like Calvin Ridley. Pass the torch. I know that people will say, well, there's not really an old elder statesman there because Singletary hasn't been there. But I think he is the guy because Singletary has had fumbling issues. He has issues hitting the hole as hard as Moss. And I think that Moss is going to be the guy. I'm interested to see how Moss does in these in the 2020 playoffs going forward this year. But I'm telling you right now, early indications for me and the way that I saw this kid run and the way that I have these teams modeled, I believe that Zach Moss is going to be the running back from this entire class that you're going to want to have next year the most. That's you, interesting. You guys, ahead, the, do you guys think the Chiefs are, are limping into the playoffs? I wouldn't say that they're limping into the playoffs. I would say that the Chiefs – the season doesn't start until they get to the playoffs. Yeah. That's last, how I would look at it. Their last three games, I mean, their scoring margin, their scoring margin of victory is like four, three and a half points. Like well, the, I look at – They beat the yeah, Falcons I, by three. They beat the Saints yeah. by three. They beat the Dolphins by – by. Yeah, I'm not good at math, but uh, six. So, uh, I don't know. It's just something to and, – and then, and then on the flip side, Frankie, you brought up the, you brought up the Buffalo Bills. I mean – their last three games, they have the best scoring margin in the NFL, 23, you know, yep. 23 points. Um, Chicago is actually number two, Tampa Bay is number three. So it, it's kind of interesting who's getting hot at the right time. And I know the Chiefs are, are going to bench their starters in week 17. I don't know if if they – I'm assuming they'll just be able to flip that switch, turn it on, get into postseason mode. Um, but it, I look they, at a team that's been there already. Go ahead, Bill. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, what were you going to say about that? I mean, it's, I think it's a little it's, I look at teams that have been there already, that have kind of been in these situations, and I kind of power rank those teams a little bit higher moving forward. 
Like we've seen the Kansas City Chiefs that run run the gamut already. We've seen them lose an the AFC Championship game. We've seen them come back and win an AFC Championship game. We've seen the Baltimore Ravens under Lamar Jackson lose first round in the playoffs. So now it's time for them to get a couple of playoff victories under their belt. And Frankie, that's what I worry about the Buffalo Bills is they haven't really seen it yet. And it's a different ball game when you get when you got now 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 you're coming into a situation where you bring in the Baltimore Ravens possibly into your home stadium. And guess what? That's going to be a different Baltimore Ravens team that you've seen in the offseason and then you've seen in the, and they, they, that you've seen during the regular season. So I like what the Bills are doing a lot, but I don't. I think I, I I would tip expectations on the Buffalo Bills because I haven't seen them have the success in the postseason yet. All the yeah. failures. No, definitely. And, and you know, listen, guys, uh, I live in the betting world as well. We all do. And obviously, and, and the Kansas City Chiefs, despite being 14 and one, as Bill alluded to, when you talk about their margin of victory, they're only seven and eight against the spread. That's a, that's absolutely terrible for a team that's arguably the best team in the entire NFL. Now, I know the on the flip side, a lot of people say, well, that's because of Warriors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And it's also because of the fact that, you know, obviously they know, the books know, you know, obviously recency bias, that they're the best team. They have Patrick Mahomes. So, so their lines are always inflated higher than they should be. But, you know, overall, you got to be a little bit concerned. But when I have Patrick Mahomes and I have Andy Reid, I have to believe that that offense is going to take it to another level. But I'm also interested to see what's really going to happen because without those, that real true fan base and the crowd noise over at Arrowhead, I don't know how much being home at Arrowhead is really going to help this team. I think that was a big run going forward. But for me, I know that you're going to say that, you know, Josh Allen, but right now that team on offense and defense, what bothers me about the Kansas City Chiefs is that defensively, I don't feel like they're making that strong run. Now that that the defense last year was porous throughout the regular season, but man, in the playoffs, they took it to another level. I'm not, I'm, I'm concerned whether Kansas City's offense now is also not performing at that level. Outside of Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill in spurts, this offense is not as electric and as explosive. It looks like more teams are playing back. And, you know, now with this injury to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, is Le'Veon Bell ready to really take the load? I'm, I'm hoping he can, but he hasn't shown any real explosiveness that I thought he would start to show in this team as well. I thought he would be lined out more uh, wide. I thought he'd be more involved in the passing game, and he really hasn't happened. But the Kansas City Chiefs, Bill, is, is, is on to something. I have them at you know in, in considerable wages to win the Super Bowl, but I also hedged about three weeks ago and bought a, bought a nice sizable ticket on the Buffalo Bills at 16-1. to 1 to win the Super Bowl as well, because I believe that the Super Bowl champion will come out of the AFC. I don't believe that any team in the NFC is really strong enough to win it. I don't believe in Tampa Bay. I don't believe in uh, the Saints. Or do you and believe I don't in the believe Dallas Cowboys? The Rams. So for... <laughs> <laughs> you don't believe in America's team, Frankie? <laughs> Well, listen. You, you, I, I'm, I, I do believe in America's team because I'll tell you why. I think that I'm gonna. I'm not actually. I'm waiting to see what the Vegas Whisper Shops have because I don't have that information yet. But boy, am I hoping and praying that they're laying that little bit of spread on Sunday because I think that they're primed to take out take to, to win that game, and I think they're going to win the NFC East. Uh, I, I'm, I'm concerned about even if Alex Smith comes back, how healthy are they? But then again, if we get that performance again, like we did from the Eagles last week, I well, mean, Washington, Washington that was play defense. Uh, pretty bad. Better it started off do anything else. And, and, yep. and so we'll, it's going to be interesting to see how this terrible division comes to an end. Well, 
Jalen Hurts is going to have to use his arm more than his legs against that defense. And and that's what Dallas tried to make him do last week, and that ended up being a problem for Hurts. All right, let's get, before we get ready to get up out of here, let's get into our bull market fantasy MVP update brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, Bill, when we've been going through this throughout the course of the season, it's been times when we've had Russell Wilson as high as minus 250 favorite. We've seen Patrick Mahomes be as high as minus uh, a 330 favorite. We have seen um, Aaron Rodgers jump ahead at, at different points throughout the course of the year. Colin Murray, Josh Allen each had their time to jump up high in the MVP standings. But right now, currently, Aaron Rodgers is minus 335 to win the NFL MVP award with Patrick Mahomes coming in second at plus 300. So where, if you are putting a couple dollars down, <laughs> and I know Frank is ready to jump on you, where's your money going, Bill? Please don't say Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> nah, it's, 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 square head, it's not going on Aaron Rodgers. That's way too much money to put down on, on the favor for this award. Um, you probably missed out on yeah. your opportunity to take him, right? Because when, when Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes, when they were the favorites, Rodgers, like you mentioned, Corey, he had favorable odds, but not in minus 335. I would have liked to see Derrick Henry get a little bit closer to a th- uh, 2,000 yards. Right now he's at 1,700 and change. Uh, Henry's at plus 10,000. So th- that would have been something interesting to see because I do think Rodgers and Mahomes are having really good seasons. And for a running back to supersede them or, or to – surpass them in the in the MVP race or in the MVP voting that that would have been special I think but unfortunately you know unless he's going to get 257 yards or whatever it is this weekend I can't right. see him getting to 2,000 right. yards um so yeah I, I think I it will be Aaron Rodgers does win the award now Frankie we like same thing I said to Bill we've seen the number bounce around throughout the course of the season right now we settle in seeing Aaron Rodgers as a big favorite Patrick Mahomes up next. Also seeing Devontae Adams starting the chart for the first time as, as long as well as Derrick Henry. Russell Wilson has almost been forgotten about. I asked you like I've asked you a couple times this season. It's tough for me right now. I it's a, it's a stay away. I can't I would never blame minus 335 ever, but it looks like it's Aaron Rodgers, you know, award to lose now, and I really don't see him losing it in any way, shape, or form. But I already have Patrick Mahomes at 5-1. to one. I already have Josh Allen that we spoke about over at the when we were on the SI Gambling Pod. I grabbed him at 25-1, to one, if you remember when we spoke about this this exact market. So I have 25-1 to one on Josh Allen. I have Patrick Mahomes already, so I'm just hoping that maybe one of those two can come to fruition. But with the numbers that Aaron Rodgers is putting up right now at his age, I think that you know, it looks like he's really past Patrick Mahomes because Mahomes hasn't really put up those big elite numbers. You know, they're 14 and one, uh, but they, they're, that offense is, you know, they're doing enough to win, but they're not doing what everyone expected of Patrick Mahomes in an MVP like season. You know, you talk to us, if we did this, you know, when we broke this down, you know, like we always do, you know, it wasn't too long ago where Patrick Mahomes was the favorite and rightfully so, but you know, Aaron Rodgers just continues every week to put up the big numbers because of the fact of the season that Devontae Adams is having. And it, it, he's passed them overall. So it's, it's, I, I'm hoping that some kind of miracle that the top other two choices come down. But for right now, for me, I already have tickets. So it's a no play, but I'm hoping that maybe I have an opportunity to cash. 